Back to the big kickoff on Liffey Sound 96.4 FM. On the line, we are delighted to have horse trainer Denise Foster to talk about her journey and her career to date, and also maybe to share an opinion on Cheltenham this week. Denise, welcome to the big kickoff. Thanks, Roy. Good to be on. Thanks very Great. much for asking me. Listen, Denise, just uh, for those who don't know who you are, can you give them a brief background on how you got involved in, her- in training horses and uh, how you've built your yard? Um, well, I've always worked with horses and ridden horses all my life. And then I married um, Captain David Foster, who rode for the Irish Army. He competed in three Olympics, World Championships, European Championships. <clears throat> and um, then sadly, he was killed in a fall at a local event while preparing for Sydney Olympics. And uh, that was 20 years ago, um, 13th of April, 20 years ago. So after that, I'd worked alongside him. He had left the army at this stage and was riding as a civilian. And <clears throat> I had worked alongside him with the horses. And um, he was killed on the Monday, buried on the Wednesday. And he had horses entered in Tattersall's Point Point on the Sunday. Yeah. And I gave the decision that they'll run because he'd done all the work for it. It was his big dream to train horses. So we ran and we had a, the first winner and the horse was called Twisted Logic. Oh, so that was the beginning of my, I, I just decided, well, I, I'll try and live out his dream. We had uh, quite a few horses in um, in situ to go racing. So oh, it was a big step. Um, I sometimes wonder, was it a wise step? <laughs> but it actually it actually kept me going quite honestly oh, that's what I was going to ask you did, did, did it yeah. help with your grieving process did it put <clears throat> it off or oh totally totally yeah. I, I actually think that hard work is, is the best therapy anybody can have yeah. um, because you don't have time to think <laughs> um, you have to get out and especially with animals animals have to be fed every morning seven days a week every day in the year you have to get up and go and do it and when you're working with animals, um, they give you back so much, you know, yeah. and you, you get so much from them. And um, no, it, it is. It's very therapeutic. Okay. So your yard wouldn't be the, the biggest yard, would it? Would you be like uh, a feeder to bigger yards? Do you bring them up from, from, uh, from the young sort of horses and then sell them on? Or, or what way does it work with yours? Well... I, w- I wish I could. That would be great. We started <laughs> off like that because we started off with a lot of horses from England. Um, a man called Andrew Cohen sent us um, a lot of young horses to point to point, and then they went back to Charlie Brooks to race. Um, <clears throat> and then gradually when I got other owners in, and we, I started off point to pointing, and then if, if I got a horse that was good enough to go on the track, it was one step at a time. I progressed from point to pointing, and then had hunter chase winners, then a hurdle winner, bumper winner, chase winner, and um, basically I try and do the best I can with whatever I'm sent. Yeah. Um, I have no capital at all to buy horses myself right. to bring on to sell. So basically, I'm just uh, hoping that people support me, and um, yes, I'll sell them. But generally speaking. The owners that come to me are um, breeders that uh, want to either keep the mare or, you know, enhance the pedigree. So, um, and I've, I've had some fantastic owners through the way, 
through the time and and it's really enjoyable you 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 get huge enjoyment when their horse wins to see how exciting it is for them and it's all a big it's quite a social thing as well it does get you out to go racing which i love yeah and so has uh what, so what has driven you to stay on so originally you had, you had stayed on you know to to, to so progress that dream that was there it yeah. just got into the blood then is it now you're you, you want more Oh, I do want more. <laughs> I, I've discovered a side of me that, that I didn't really realise was there because I was always David's wife yeah. and the, the mother of my three children. And But now I've discovered this. Um, I really want winners and I want better horses <laughs> yeah. and I want bigger owners. But to tell you the truth, I realise now that that's not going to happen. The way, the way racing is at the moment, small trainers are getting squeezed out by the big trainers no fault of they're they're brilliant and um the one person i've got huge admiration for is gordon elliott um to have done what he did you know having not been born into it and um, he's he's just done tremendously well but at the minute i resigned myself to the fact that i just have to do with what i've got um, because otherwise you'd be beating your head you know you're always waiting for that phone call yeah but um I don't think that's ever going to come. <laughs> so what is an average day, say, for one specific horse? Like, what, what's an average day in looking after your horse, like Monday to Friday or before a race day? Okay. Or well, um, the, the other really big thing at the moment with being a small trainer is that, um, and I think it is a huge problem within the industry, is staff. Mm. You cannot get staff anymore. And um, sadly for me, I live 10 minutes up the road from Gordon Elliott, so every single rider from a 15-mile radius goes, you know, past my door to him. <laughs> so um, what I do is I've got um, someone comes in to me at 7 o'clock. And I feed the horses about half six, quarter past six, and then get a couple ready, put them on the walker for someone who comes in at um, seven. They will ride about three, and then they go to work in a big yard, right? Mm-hmm. And then I've got a few people that come in at eight. So it's... It's at the minute. It's very. You have to juggle each day for your staff. But the, the horses are fed. Then they're exercised in the morning, preferably. They all go on the walk at warm up or hack around fields. I have my own gallop. They go on the gallop for their fitting. Um, they canter on my gallop, and they can do swingers. But if I have to do fast work, I have to load them up in my lorry and go to gallops um, mm. to do a bit of fast work. And um, that the riding of them takes um, the whole morning, and then they get their lunch, and the afternoon some of them have to go in the walker again. Some are put in the field, and then the whole doing up at the yard, the haying, watering, brushing the yard, feeding. Um, there's a lot going into it, mm. but. It, at the minute now, it, it's just impossible to get anybody. Yeah, and does when you're training a horse, is there different ways of training different horses? Oh, there is. Yeah, definitely. At the minute, I've got quite a lot of flat horses. Okay. And um, which I've, in the past few years, I have become really interested in. I used to think flat racing was really boring, <laughs> um, but but I actually get the speed thing now. Yeah. And in fact, sometimes if I was to watch a three-mile maiden hurdle, I think, oh my God, when's it ever going to end? <laughs> and I've been very lucky with the flat ones I've had. Like I won the Ladies' Derby in the Curra with um, the marvelous Lisa O'Neill riding for me. And I've won a listed race. 
And the flat horses, dare I say it, are much easier to train. They really, if they have an engine, they have an engine. Yeah. You just have to really keep the horses healthy, get them fit, keep their mind right, and um, run them in the right races. Um, the jumpers take a lot more work and um, they have to last a lot longer. So you have to try and develop their stamina yeah. as well as their speed and then the jumping as well. The one thing that fascinates me, you just said there about getting their mind right. When you're watching the TV and when they're coming and coming in off the race and the winner, oh, she's in great form and, or he's been in great form. They're talking like they're, they're real. Like they obviously know the ins and outs of the horse. Just, oh, yeah. just how much do you trust reading the horse and their temperament for what you do like it's fascinating to like there is a connection and obviously being around them so long you probably get to know they're up for it today or they're not up for it would that be true oh yeah absolutely i mean they're just like people sometimes they can get out of the wrong side of bed in the morning <laughs> but um uh and also there's some horses that would suit a smaller yard than a big yard for example my best horse miles to memphis who has been he, he was in training with alan king in england um, and he lost his way and um, I think he definitely sits a smaller yard. <laughs> He's a grumpy old git, apparently. <laughs> if you walk past his stable, he would look as if he is going to kill you. And then you walk in and you give one nice word to him and he has his head in your arms. Nah. Um, and he's one you kind of have to know. And to tell you the truth, that, that's, the one, that's the one thing I actually love about, about horses because quite often I'm sent either difficult horses or horses that have lost their way. And half the time it is getting through to their head rather than their, their body. Their head has to come first. Mm. And uh, if their brain is right and they're happy in themselves, the rest hopefully will follow. But now, having said that, there's some horses that are born slow. <laughs> and that is... Just <laughs> that like paper. Is the fact of it. <laughs> but in that, uh, the one thing that... <clears throat> If I can recognize that a horse is just too slow to race, I am very adamant I will tell the owners straight away. I do want them to be spending money on something that, sure. you know, is not going to give them the dream. Just also, there's, there's, big, there's lots of ways out for those horses. For example, um, there was one horse, beautiful-looking horse, slow as a boat, but he had a good, good um, attitude, good mover, good jumper. Um, I sold him to... Um, Tina Gifford in England, and he ended up going around the London Olympics because I could see, having worked with eventers at the top level, I could see that he had something in him yeah. that <laughs> would bring him to the top level of eventing. So that, that's been exciting as well because otherwise, you know, what do you do with them? Yeah, um, yeah. No, do, you, um, do you remember a horse that you may have trained called Arctic Angel? <laughs> Arctic Angel. You, you may not. Be careful. <laughs> because uh, no, a, a friend of mine was in a syndicate and uh, you trained a horse called Arctic Angel. It ran in five races. <coughs> it pulled up in four and it came <laughs> yeah. fifth place. And he actually wanted to know what's the worst horse that you ever had. Uh, I think you advised him to go down the route of maybe not training them. Uh, are there horses that are simply untrainable? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. <clears throat> and it's all about attitude. I mean, if they don't have the attitude and the will to win, um, and you can have horses that have the ability, lots of ability, but if they don't want to use that ability, um, 
I would go down the roots first of all and saying, are they hurting? Are they um, in their body? You know, do they need physio, chiropractor, all that sort of thing? Hmm. And if if that doesn't work, and maybe a little bit of a change of training regimes, and and if that doesn't work, well then you know, very little is going to work really. And how long does that take you to figure that out, Denise? Sorry, like have you well, built up well, a kind of the, the the ones that have the ability, um, that maybe will show you something. Um, that they're the hard ones because once you've seen a little bit of a glimmer of hope, you think, oh well, it's there, it's there. Yeah, we'll and you keep it. trying. Mm. Um, <clears throat> uh, so you know, uh, how long is a piece of string? Really, yeah, you just yeah. have to. It also depends on the owners. Um, if you've got a patient owner that will say, listen, give them time because. Quite often, a lot of horses, that's all it takes. They need time. Um, and if you have a, an owner that's willing to give them time, well, that's grand. Um, and there would be a lot of horses that will have um, been thrown out through not having time. Yeah. You know, yeah. and they, they may well have, have been superstars if they'd got that little bit of extra time. You were saying you have uh, Gordon Elliott as a, a more or less a next door neighbour. So <laughs> mm. would would you would you visit other trainers and sort of take note of their methods of training? Do you do that, or is it all kind of oh, keep your absolutely. own secrets? Or what way is it? You never ever stop learning in yeah. this game, and I'd quite I'd say Gordon would be the same. He, you know, every single trainer, you're learning something every day because you're dealing with different horses every day, and. Um, yeah, for sure. I mean, I think the ways of training nowadays are very different than the old days. When the old days, when you did lots of long, slow stuff to build the stamina and everything, um, now they have to learn to travel. And, yeah. you know, once you've got them fit, then they, they have to work hard every day. And, uh, you know, the old days, I can remember, like, they'd they'd have a canter and then they'd maybe just hack around the farm the next day and then a little bit of a canter the next day, but now it's bang, 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 you know. Yeah. Um, they have to learn to travel on the gallop, and then when they get out on the track, you know, they travel away. They're not um, out of their comfort zone. I suppose, like, it's a bit like in the football and rugby nowadays and all other sports, the sports science t- side of things has gone up a notch. Would it be, I presume it's the same in the, in, in the horse side of things as well, would it? Oh, huge, yeah. There's absolutely huge. Uh, I mean, they're kind of treated like premier <laughs> footballers now. They all have their physios and the, their thermal plates that they stand on to vibrate and um, hay steamers. There's a, there's a lot of gadgets going with it. And, and sometimes I think, God, everybody else has my better do them. But at exactly. the end of the day, it's the horse. Yeah. You know, if they're good enough, they're good enough. And quite honestly, a good horse will train itself. You know, a really good one um, just does it. Uh, and it's 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 the the lowly rated horses. They're the ones that's hard to win races with, you know, because mm. they they are very competitive, very competitive. But, and um, does it, I suppose again, like football and etc. Diet and stuff like that is all. The, do these all these small things uh, make a top horse? If these were not there, you're saying the horse needs to be a good horse, but do they add on to what the horse already has? Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. You you can't risk having um, infections in the yard. You have to keep the yard so pristine clean, yeah. and you have to have everything just right. And 
um, I mean, they call me the war office in the yard because I'm so fussy. <laughs> but, but, <laughs> um, That's a sign of a good boss. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that. Uh, but no, it is. I think you have to cross all the T's and dot the I's um, and leave no stone unturned at all. Am, am I, to farriers everywhere. Yeah, am I right in saying that Julia's Magic was your last winner? Uh, Julia, yes, indeed. That was in um, November, I think. November. Uh, how many yeah. horses do you have of your own, or, or uh, have you any horses of your own that you run? Um, I try not to have any horses of my own. Okay. But at this moment, I have got. I've actually got three. Um, uh, three very backward ones that will not. They're uh, ones that nobody else wanted, really. Three Arctic um, angels, you mean? there's quite a few of those and I, I, we used to breed from Polara Flame which would have been our first um, med she won about 8 races and she was great um, but sadly she bred us 5 fillies in a row and only one of them was good and that when the last one came along I said God, we just can't we just she was so useless I mean so useless so believe it or not I have her in full to a Connemara stadium because <laughs> I reckon I'll make more money um, Connemara I know that's sad to think but, but Connemara stroke thoroughbred cross they're, they're, people love them yeah. they're very very you know sellable things so no. there you go Chel- that's, what, that's what you call thinking outside the box. That's it, you have to think outside <laughs> the box. Uh, Cheltenham starts this week. How much notice do you take at Cheltenham? Do you... Oh, my God, yeah. Well, I mean, uh, absolutely. I mean, it's just the Olympics of yeah. natural hunt racing, and you just... Um, your tummy starts going all wobbly like 10 days before, and you're thinking, you have to get everything done so we can get in. I actually love just watching it on the telly because you actually can see the racing. Yeah. yeah. Um, when you when you go there, basically you're just drinking and eating, and occasionally you can sort of see the telly. But yeah. when you're very small like me, you end up seeing nothing. It's a, so, it's a, it's a um, bit like the you know, Formula One. Do you ever watch the Formula One? If you're at the a Formula One, you're only seeing one corner. Well, but, you know, that I never understood that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I I think what what you do you don't. Um, get is is the atmosphere, but well, well, I don't know. I think the the the, the TV coverage is so good, you can get the atmosphere, and it's probably like Formula One. That noise of the of the cars is the same as the noise of the horses, yeah. and that brings the atmosphere to you. But um, no. So say the the elite horses now, the the cream of the crop that's there, like, and obviously they're in the stable during the week. How much would the jockey, like your Ruby Walsh and the McCoys in the day, how much do they come into the stables coming up to Cheltenham, or are they just there for race day, or do they come in a couple of weeks beforehand and get a feel for the horse again, or oh, what no, way does it work? They would be riding them fairly regularly. Yeah. I mean, uh, Davy Russell, all the top jockeys are down at, at Gordon Edwards, riding them, getting the feel for yeah. them. Um, especially when they do their last piece of work. If you were at the Curra there last week, it's just amazing. Willie and Gordon and all the top yeah. horses there, all the top jockeys. Um, the trainer relies um, very heavily on what the jockey will tell them. Sure. He's got his own eyes, but he needs someone who knows what they're talking about to tell, tell him how the horse is feeling, if he's hanging or if he's just bouncing. And uh, they rely very heavily on their input. Yeah, of course. And obviously Ruby's back this week. I I presume 
he was always going to come back. But yeah, he's fighting fit for yeah. Tuesday anyway. Yes, he had a good. He rode a good, very good winner in Surlis yeah. the other day, and that will. Um, but when, when you when you're as professional as a ruby, it doesn't matter if you've had time off. Yeah. He'll, he'll go straight back um, to where he where he ended off. And would it be kind of over this weekend where they'd arrive? The horses would arrive from say Ireland, or did they get there a bit earlier? Or does it make much of a difference? Um, well, Willie's horses and the first set of Gordon's horses arrived yesterday morning. Right. Yeah. And um, and a lot will be going today. Um, would, would there be a lot of nervousness around the travel? Does some horses completely just turn if the travel hasn't gone well for them? Oh, totally. For example, now Miles Memphis, he was qualified for um, the Carl um, Pretomps, mm-hmm. and I could have brought him, but it would have been it would have been a disaster because if he if we're travelling to the races and I see a red light. If we have to stop at the red light, he goes mad in the back of the box, oh, <laughs> banging his front of the box with his foot. And as for as regards stopping for a cup of tea on the way home, forget it. What's he, like round, what's he like at roundabouts? Maybe <laughs> oh, <laughs> <he's, laughs> trouble. He's moving. He's moving. As long as you're moving, it's grand. Yeah. I, I just I waited up. Okay, you to sit in the car park at the ferry for an hour, and then the, the ferry for another say three hours, three hours. I would have had no horse at the end of it. And that's why he's been running Navan, Leopardstown, Curra, you know, all the local tracks. Yeah. Which is, but I have to kind of think of that because that would be a huge thing yeah. for this horse. You get some horses that just fall asleep and they're great if they can fall asleep <laughs> in, the, in the trailer. Waking up when I get the there. Happy days. But the, the the guys who are traveling these horses, they, they know exactly. It's just really important to keep mm. them hydrated and drinking and, and keep them happy and keep them at the right temperature. Yeah. Um, not too hot, not too cold. And so when there, you... There's a lot. I did a lot of traveling um, <clears throat> in my earlier days with show jumpers and eventers to all around the world. And you learn so much about horses when you're traveling them. Yeah. So much because you're, you're with them all the time. And you just you can just see how they rest or how they get a bit anxious about certain things. If you are looking at Cheltenham this week, mm-hmm. what horses <laughs> yeah. are you looking at? What ones? What, what ones take your fancy? <laughs> what ones do you think are overhyped? Well, I know there's an awful lot of um, hype about Sancro, mm. and it's a pity now. At Ten o'clock today, we'll know what he's um, going to be in. Uh, the Supreme Novice Hurdle or the Ballymore. I mean, he's a class, class horse. I just worry that there is so much hype about him. You know, um, if he if he wins, it'll be no surprise. Uh, and I, I sincerely hope that he does win, whichever they do choose. I think he's class. Um, Apple's Jade, to me, is just the epitome of a tough mare. And yeah. I would love to see her win because she's just class. And and I see her quite a bit, and I just love her. She's brilliant. She's in um, the, the the champion horse. The mare's, ho- the mare's hurdle the on mare's Tuesday. Hurdle. Yeah, Tuesday. she's one of my so, on my list. <laughs> she's she's just absolutely class for the mare's hurdle. Um, it it there's so many. That's beauty about about every single horse that goes into these races. They're all really good, mm-hmm. yeah. and it's just um. 
like the Premiership Plus one, and there's yeah. no diving in this. They can't dive. They have to really. <laughs> well, know. I hope they don't dive. <laughs> <laughs> well, now you said it, yeah. Um, they have to put it all out to the very last of the line. But um, um, and I'd, the likes I'd of, love to see Duvan. I was just about that. to ask about the likes of Duvan and Fahin. Yeah. Is there more hope or is there genuine. Obviously, he wouldn't send them over if they weren't good enough yes, but exactly no there's no cleverer man than Willie Mullen yeah and he is a man that really does get it right sure and I, I would love to see Duran coming mm. back to what he is and, and that's I mean he's just class absolutely mm-hmm. class for him at his best is the only horse I mean correct yeah he's brilliant but but it would be will the will the right for him show up yeah you just don't know about that that's one of the one things I heard on a, another radio station the other day, Ted, Ted Walsh, and it's actually a fascinating thing about just any management, so to speak. The one thing that Willie Mullins is best thing that he's at, he understands things go wrong, yeah, and he knows what to do. Yeah, from that, yeah. he's not one of these who panic. Like that, and that 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 sat with me, and I was like, geez, that's something that we should all kind of take that life isn't that simple. And oh, he said I he's the master he, of it. He would be a brilliant football manager because <laughs> he does. I mean, it, it, if he puts a horse away. And you don't see it for a while. It's for a very good reason. And that horse will come back, you know, Mm. as best as it can. But um, the Supreme, I wouldn't write off Gordon's Mengli Khan, which didn't, he didn't run his race the last time. But there's something about him that, you know, he could be anything. Footpad should win the Oracle. Um, You're taking my box there, Denise, keep going. (laughs) Yeah, Footpad, I think he's pretty classy. And, Bouvadere is actually very, I mean, he mm. should win easily. Mm-hmm. That's if Fahim doesn't come out and sure, sure. kick his ass. Bouvadere, the Jade. The amateur chase, jury duty, um, would have a good chance. But it, it's kind of a, it'll be a battle. I mean, I don't really like thinking about what's going to win there. I would just love Lisa O'Neill to win no matter what she was riding. <laughs> Um, what about the the Gold Cup? Then he says, and John's he's out, he's out. Uh, he's out. Yeah. This... Well, the Gold Cup. I mean, my heart would love our Duke to mm-hmm. to win, and I think he's a very very tough horse, a great jumper, and um, there's no doubt about that. Puppy Power rises to the occasions in these big races, and Jesse Harrington's horses are all running well at the minute. So does the ground uh, I don't know what it's been declared they're talking about good to soft uh, our, yeah, Duke, our Duke likes the soft am I right yeah, on that? He won't, he won't mind it either way because okay. I tell you he's, he's tough and he's he's kind of got this sort of thick attitude like I will go you know and, I, and I'm hearing conflicting stories about the ground um, uh, I was listening to the radio this morning um, and they were saying that Cheltenham has never had the rain and the soft like it leading up to, to this coming week. But at the same time, it dries very quickly there. Um, so, you know, if, if, the soft, if the soft comes up, it will help the Irish horses, I think, because we're running in, in heavy ground practically all the time. All the time, yeah. You yeah, know, beautiful um, weather, and yeah. that would be. But the Gold Cup, I have to tell you a funny story about the Gold Cup. Last year, um, Captain Con Parr was one of my husband's best friends, and I asked him around to watch the Gold Cup here with me and would shout on Puppy. Well, little did I know that um, both Con and myself 
leapt up from the, from the chairs and we were absolutely screaming and um we went viral. My son was videoing us. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> snake. It, it went all around the world. I mean, it's, you could probably even look it up yourself. Khan couldn't understand because he Khan, Khan couldn't understand how Eddie Mackin from Canada rang him up. <laughs> that he saw him like he was weeping like a baby. It was absolutely hilarious. So I'm definitely going to invite Khan over to watch the Gold Cup here. And I'm hoping we're going to be doing the same thing. Brilliant. Just quickly before we finish, uh, yeah. Denise, uh, a banker and an each way bet for all the punters <laughs> out there. Okay, right. Okay, okay, okay. Now let me think now. Um, <laughs> oh, see, I'm not a punter. My my theory in life is don't put on what you can't afford to lose. True. <laughs> but um, Mona Lee. Okay, right. Stays well, I think, will love the hill. Mm. Um, and uh, Apple Jade would be the banker. Apple Jade. I, I don't know what price model it would be. It could be the outsider. Yeah. But Apple Jade for me. Well, Denise, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you today. We've got, <laughs> we're, we're delighted to have you on. And uh, maybe we'll get back in touch again and hopefully yeah. and, ha- and have you back on. And okay. have a happy Mother's Day if you, if, you, if you get to chill out <laughs> at all. I did, yes. My son fed the horses for me, for me this morning and I've got a big basket of goodies sitting in the <laughs> Brilliant, brilliant. Put the feet up, chill out and enjoy the week this week. Okay. Okay, Listen, thanks very much. Thanks very much. Thanks, Denise. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye.